wish that more women would share the shitty parts of their work and, and what they had to go through in order to check off big goals and big achievements. So I think the biggest thing people don't see behind the hustle is the years of work, self-doubt, mindset work, you know, moving through failure, failing anyway, knowing it's always an option to get to the, the next big stage. This is the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast, and I'm your host, Lucretia L.C. Thomas. On this podcast, we encourage, celebrate, and share stories from female founders that push you to stop playing it safe, build that business, and keep going. If you're looking for motivation, mindset, and marketing strategies that you can use today, you're in the right place. So if you're ready, let's hear the truth from the women behind the hustle. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I'm your host, Lucretia Thomas, and I'm back with a guest interview. I related to this story so much, even down to the fact that we both were wedding professionals previously. I can't wait for you to hear it. So I'm chatting with Candice Coppola. She is an author, a podcast host, and an entrepreneur who believes if you want your dream business, you have to become the owner that the dream business needs. She's a successful entrepreneur who grew her business from a spare bedroom of her home into a multi-country, multi-six-figure company. Since then, she's navigated from being a wedding professional to now working as a coach to other wedding professionals. I cannot wait to get into this conversation and pull out your notebooks because you're going to need it today. Morning, Candace. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so in- I'm doing so good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what's your hustle. So my name is Candace Coppola. I've been an entrepreneur for 13 years now. It's so crazy to say that. I think back to when I started my business at age 26 and I fast forward to being 38, going on 39. And I think, wow, like there's just so much has happened in my life and so much has changed, but it's truly been one of the greatest gifts to me personally. And I started my business back in 2007. I'm a former wedding planner and event event designer. I built a six-figure, multi-country, multi-six-figure business over a 12-year period, and I sold it last year in October of 2019 at the time that we're having this convo. It's coming up on my one-year anniversary of selling my baby, my business, to one of the women who worked with me for 10 years. Really a great story baked in there. And I decided to coach female entrepreneurs full-time. It sort of was like my side hustle while I was growing my business. And I just felt really called to do it. I had gone through so much through owning that business for 12 years. I loved it so much until I didn't love it. And I had to really listen to my gut and myself and make a change. And so I decided that I wanted to help women uncover their purpose and help them build a profitable business doing something that they really loved. So I'm coming up on my one year anniversary of doing that full time. I'm also a published author and a fellow podcast host. My podcast is The Power and Purpose. Can you believe that it's been a year already? I know. Oh it's, it's Listen, this is like the worst year ever for some people. I'm just trying to see the, the beauty in this year, this crazy year, this 2020 that we found ourselves in. I've been very fortunate in this year, but yeah, I can't believe how quickly it's just gone by. 
And so during your time with wedding planning, talk about like a couple of things that you did, some of the accomplishments that you had while you were doing that. Sure. So I started my business with zero experience. I had never planned a wedding in my freaking life. I had no idea what I was doing. The closest I came to it was being a hostess at a restaurant in high school. So I really had no idea what I was doing, but I had stumbled across the wedding industry during a time when I was really unhappy in my career. I didn't finish college. I had to get a job. I started working for a company in their HR department, and it just was the absolute worst. It was not what I envisioned for myself. And with this failed art history degree, I was really looking for something creative, something to do for myself. So I stumbled onto the wedding industry. I decided to open up my business during a really hard period and it just took off. It was really a strange period of time. There's no social media. There were no business coaches. There were no podcasts. There was none of the cool stuff that we have today. And um, when I look back, I think, wow, so many people, I know so many people struggle in starting a business and getting it going. And I was really fortunate. I had connected myself with the right people. I did all the right research. I spent my time growing my business. And uh, over the course of owning that business, I worked on events up until a million dollar budgets. I've published two books. I got featured in countless magazines and publications, everything from InStyle to Elle Decor to Martha Stewart Weddings to all the big names, New York Times. I've been featured on the news. So I've been able to really do a lot in, in, a, in a short period of time in my career. I really look back and think how lucky and fortunate I was in my business. And I have this one memory. I went to uh, Milan with my assistant at that time. She now owns the business. And we went there for, for, fa for Bridal Fashion Week and we watched runway shows in Milan. And I remember just thinking like, this is something that people just don't get to do. And I'm so fortunate that I've got a career that allows me to do this and I get to be here and experience this. So I've had a lot of great, crazy things happen along the way. That's awesome. It's like such an amazing journey. What do you feel like there are some particular things at all that you think kind of contribute to those wins and successes that you had? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I know everybody's always seeking like the, the magic pill, the golden mm -hmm. ticket, right? What's going to work for my business? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I, I it, it is probably the things that most people don't want to hear. Everybody loves a good shortcut. Everybody loves a good uh, quick fix. For me, it was really laying that foundation, writing a business plan, understanding what I wanted my business to be, having a clear vision in mind of what I wanted, being okay to adapt and change that vision as my life changed, but having a solid foundation, a strategy for my business, and then relationships. Relationships probably were the number one thing outside of a business plan that helped me build the brand that I did and build a brand that was sellable, that somebody was willing to buy. And those relationships are relationships that go beyond just work relationships. They're relationships that just helped me become a better person and friendships that are really deep and meaningful, but that were in my industry. So through those relationships, I got connected with just another person or another opportunity. It's how I was able to write my two books alongside my two co-authors so many things came from relationships and just aligning myself with the right people who wanted to see me succeed and were willing to take me along on their journey and help me along the way. So talk to the wedding pros who are right now, we talked about how we were just in this very 
different season of life mm-hmm. altogether. And so what are some creative ideas that they could possibly do? Or if you are in this position right now and as a wedding professional at this time, what's something that you would do? Yeah. So 2020 is just a really strange year. And so many people in the events industry, in tourism industries, don't have any business. All business has been postponed and canceled. And I know some of your listeners have had some real big challenges with finances, moving money around, with customers maybe doing chargeback, doing crazy things, right? Questioning your contract and all that kind of stuff. So I know that it can feel really defeating from those aspects, but also wedding pros are so used to moving things into the done folder, right? Mm -hmm. You help somebody along on the journey, whether you're a planner or you're a photographer, you do the work, you see that work come to life, you hand it over, and then you move that customer to the done folder. And it can be so debilitating not moving anybody over to the done folder mentally. So advice that I would give you in this sort of crazy season, I think, is to dig into your business and you've heard this, but it's really true. You do have, you've been given this gift of time to evaluate certain things about the business that you have. And through through this time, things may have come to light for you. You might find that you're working with the wrong customers. They don't truly value what you do and they're willing to call their credit card company and get a chargeback on services you provided (laughs) as proof and evidence of that. Um, so it's really digging into your business. You've been given this time. I want you to know that you have choices. And if you decide that you want to work with a different subsection of customers, a different niche, you're allowed to change your mind and do that. If you find that a certain product or service that you offer in your business does not serve you, and this time has just magnified how that service does not serve you in your business or your life, you're allowed to stop offering that. You're allowed to cut things loose. You're also allowed to charge more money. So the work that you're doing now is, yes, unexpected. You're moving things around. You're making concessions. You're leasing out next year of your calendar to people who've already been on your calendar. You're allowed to charge people for the added work that you have to do in moving their event or helping them through this time. And you don't need to apologize for getting paid for the work that you're doing. Yes, it's unexpected, but that doesn't mean that it comes for free. So I think you can take this time to really evaluate things in your business that are not serving you and feel empowered that your clients have hired you probably be, and hopefully because they trust you and they value what you do. And so if you're doing more work outside of the scope of work you are contracted for, I want you to know that you can charge for that and you should. Your business deserves to stay in business, guys. Your business deserves to be here for the rest of this year, next year, and way beyond. And when you people please and you just give people things for free out of the kindness of your heart, uh, you can really jeopardize the sustainability of your business financially and also your own sustainability, your own mental health, your own energy level, your own, you know, just personal being as a business owner. When you give, give, give and don't receive back, that can be really difficult and really lead you to burnout. Definitely. And when you say, you know, you should definitely charge for the different changes and things like that, I feel like that plays a large part in like your confidence and your Mm -hmm. worth and knowing that you have this skill and they're trusting you Mm -hmm. and you need to charge for it accordingly so that you can sustain your business during these times. 100%. I mean, you're in business to make a profit and you're also in business to serve a customer. 
And so you have to make sure that you're doing both. And I don't want you to apologize for making money, right? It is, it, it is, it, you can't be in, you're not really in business if you're not making money. It's more of a hobby, right? So do not feel any way about going back to your customer and saying, I'm happy to help you with this, but it's outside our scope of work. And in order for me to do this, here's the charge, here's the fee, here's the investment you'll have to make. Love that. And I love that phrasing too. So guys, write that down. (laughs) Save that little clip to use that phrasing. And take us back to the moment when you decided to pivot. This Mm. is no longer working for me. This is no longer serving me. I'm doing something else. What was that moment like with just coming to that decision? It was a long time coming. And so there's not one singular moment that I can think of where I just woke up and said, you know what? I think I'd like to sell my business. It was over many years of not fully being happy and every day just getting a little bit more unhappy with the work, not feeling it, waking up and not feeling that joy, that spark that we have when we're leading with our purpose and we feel really excited about the work that we're doing. So it was about a two-year period, I would say. And you know, I knew it was there. But our identities are so wrapped up in our business, right? I'll see like it's you, who you are, when you open a business, you sort of wear that jacket of, of who that person is that owns that business. And it can be very difficult to retire that jacket. It can be very difficult to take that off and sort of grapple with your identity and who you are and what this means. And am I leaving my industry? What about all I've accomplished? I can do more. I can have more. I can serve more. I haven't finished, you know, there's things that I still want to do. So this was just this wrestling with myself personally. And and a lot of things in my life had changed. I had moved to Barbados. um, So that's a whole other story. (laughs) So I (laughs) brought my business here too. My business operated in the States with my team and I brought uh, my brand here and I work with customers on destination events on the island and also locals. But I had met the man of my dreams and he's from Barbados and we were sort of deciding where we wanted to live and it was between Connecticut and Barbados. So obviously we made the correct choice time and time again, we're reminded we made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. But so much of my life had changed. I was living on an Island. I was no longer living in Connecticut. That rat race, that hustle is just not part of Island life. And I had very much adapted. Right. So this sort of New York mentality person was, was like showing up late now to a party, not right on time. Like I had fully adapted to Island life And the older I got, the more I realized that I just didn't want to give away my weekends. I didn't want to keep leasing out my calendar. And for instance, you know, thinking, well, we can't have a baby during these months because I have weddings. I didn't want to live like that anymore. And so all of that, and including sort of just my loss of excitement and spark in in the work, culminated into this moment. And what I had was this wonderful thing of coaching women in my industry and helping them build a profitable business with purpose. I was doing it for eight years alongside growing my business. So I had this and I was looking forward every day to connecting with the women I was mentoring and coaching and not so much with answering the gazillion emails and questions about things that I didn't deem to be very important anymore, like the perfect shade of pink and all that kind of stuff just (laughs) didn't matter to me anymore. And that's when I knew that something was changing inside me. Something had changed and I needed to listen to it. I needed to follow it. I needed to understand what it meant. I didn't have to make a decision that very moment, 
but I needed to pay attention. And I started to pay attention. And that's when things just really started to change for me. I love that you said it wasn't like a very specific moment, but it's something where you start listening to those whispers and it's like, okay, maybe I should pay this a little bit more attention. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to honor that, you know, it may be time for me to pivot or look into doing something else at this time. Mm -hmm. In that moment, and just when you were going through that transition, did it feel like a loss at that time? Or were you just like, okay, I can do this? Like, how were you able to kind of maneuver that and when you walked into it as far as your mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't think it felt like a loss because I, I, on the flip side of the coin, what I wanted to do excited me more. Mm -hmm. So it would feel like a loss if I stayed out of ego, pride, and some, you know, beliefs of mine that I wouldn't succeed elsewhere. So it didn't feel like a loss, but I definitely had to work through my mindset around my identity and what I had known for the last 12 years. You know, I started my business at 26 and it was, I was a different person. I was 26. My you know, whole adult life, I've been a business owner. Then I became an author and then I became like an industry leader or somebody people look up to, a speaker. I was setting trends. And so my identity was so wrapped up in my work and I love working. I'm one of those people who actually loves working, like loves all the things about my job. So it's very easy for me to work a lot, <laughs> which I've learned that it is not a good thing and I need to find balance, <laughs> which maybe we'll talk about because that's like your what, what you really believe in is self-care and finding that balance. But you know, I had just kind of come to this realization that I needed to make that change. And I loved this one thing more and I was feeling pulled to that, but I had to go through this sort of identity crisis. And once I came out of that and understood that who I am as a person is more than just my work. And, you know, I've accomplished these great things, but I can accomplish different great things now. I was really able to give myself the permission to keep leaning into what I was feeling. Do you feel like coaching and was your purpose all along? I do actually. I think I'm such a, a helper. And so that's why I was such a great planner and designer and a good team member. But yeah, I really do think that pouring my knowledge, what I know, my experiences, my beliefs, my opinions into other women to help build them up, it has really always been something that I've been called to do. What part of the hustle don't we see? Oh gosh, so much. <laughs> I'm in front of my computer right now in my pajamas. Okay. So you don't see that part of the hustle. You only see me made up on Instagram stories or in a cute video that I've recorded. Right. So you don't see the, the, the messy side of the hustle physically, but I think most people just really take for granted what it takes for someone to get where they are. So I shared with you all the great things that I accomplished. And you look at that and say, I want that too. And you want it right now right? You, you, you want to become that expert, that person, that leader, that person that people look up to as soon as possible. But there's years of work and relationship building and mistakes, huge mistakes, big failures baked in to those successes. And I wish that more women would share the shitty parts of their work and, and what they had to go through in order to check off big goals and big achievements. So I think the biggest thing people don't see behind the hustle is the years of work, self-doubt, mindset work, you know, moving through failure, failing anyway, knowing it's always an option to get to the, the next big stage. 
What do you wish people knew about growing a successful business, pivoting, starting over, building something new? What do you wish people knew about that process? Oh gosh, I'm not quite sure. I think there's a lot that I wish people knew. I wish people knew that it's a lot easier than you think, mm-hmm. right? So we are, are just always stuck in this circle of perfectionism where we believe that we have to know all the things before we do something. And it's why we are just on the treadmill of content. We're constantly downloading podcasts, buying courses, downloading freebies, joining groups, thinking that we need to know more about this before we do it. And I want you to know that growing your business, pivoting, whatever part of my story you might find yourself in right now, I want you to know that um, it's not as hard as you think. It might take years to, to accomplish certain things, but I want you to go out there and do it in spite of not knowing anything about it. When I look back to my 26-year-old self, I was so fearless. Something happened to me along the way. Maybe you, Elsie, can really identify with this. Like Something happened to me along the way where I became paralyzed by perfectionism. Yeah. I noise. Had to, it's all the noise. You know? It is all the noise. Oh it gosh. is. It is. I, I, at 26, I was launching a business with zero experience. I mean, absolutely zero. And I had never planned or designed a wedding in my life. Okay. And I did it. And I, and I, I, I had all my firsts and I crushed them. I had my first rehearsal, my first, my first client, my first rehearsal, my first wedding, my first big mistake, my first team member, all those things. I went through all those firsts. I didn't know what I was doing. There was no guidebook I really had. I just trusted my gut into intuition and I did it anyway. We've lost that somewhere along the way. I lost that somewhere along the way. And I see it in the women I coach. They hire me to help them in their business, but really they have everything they need to step forward. They have every, they know everything they need to know. They have everything they need to step forward. They just need to believe in themselves. They need to believe in their ability to figure it out. That phrase that failure is not an option is so much BS. Failure is always on the table and failure should never scare you out of doing something. The fear of failure holds so many people back of never doing anything. I want you to look failure in the face and be like, that might happen, but it's not going to deter me from why I do what I do and who I'm here to serve. So I just want you to know that all of this stuff is a lot easier when you let go of needing to be perfect and needing to know everything before you do it and just do it and learn along the way. Action breeds clarity, right? The more action you take, the more you learn, the clearer you become, you take more action, you learn more, you get clearer, so on and so on and so on. I love that. Yeah, I'll try to tell people, start with the simplest or the easiest thing just so you can build that confidence. Mm -hmm. And as you build that, you continue to take the next step and the next step and the next step because you continue to kind of build that confidence muscle with getting that done. You're so right, Lucretia. Absolutely. Totally agree. Tell us a little bit about how you're using your experience and receipts now. You kind of spoke about what you're doing now with coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you're helping wedding professionals now. Yeah. So I have a few different ways that I help people. Obviously there's my podcast and I also have some, some free tools that people can download and watch to help their business. And I created those out of just sheer desire to want to help people, give people that quick win to move forward in their business. I also have my high level coaching mastermind, which is 35 women and me. 
where uh, we work together as a community to help build all their businesses. And they're from all different walks of life all over the world, running different businesses in the industry, serving different customers. But we're all really united in this singular purpose of wanting to build a business that feels right for us, that gives back to our meaningful life. I want to shake women in my industry and all women, no matter what industry you're in. And I want you to realize that you don't have to build the business that you see someone else having. You need to build the business that you want, one that gives back to your meaningful life. So stop watching everybody on social media thinking you need to do what they're doing in order to be successful and start leaning into who you are, what feels right to you and build your business so that it aligns with that. We get so stuck in comparison. We get so stuck in believing that that's the only way to have a successful business. So I'm not the business coach who gives you that one singular blueprint on how to do something. I do believe in Certain things are foundational in business, and I teach you that. But for the most part, I want to dig into who you are, what your vision is, what your big goals are, what kind of business you want to build. And I want to be the guide that helps you to get to that end result, that big vision that you have. At what point do you feel like people should hire a coach? When will they know they're ready? I think it really depends on on, on you know who you are as a person. I will say that you're ready to hire a coach when you're ready to get accountability for your business, when you're ready to do things outside your comfort zone, when you're ready to do things your own way and lean into your intuition, but also when you're ready to do the work. So many people sign up for coaching thinking that the coach is what's going to be your magic ticket, your your magic pill. And that's just not the case. I can't give you a profitable, purposeful business. I can guide you towards that but I can't do the work for you. So that's where you have to be willing to do the work, spend the time, dig into your business, get uncomfortable, show up for your business, show up for your coach and do the work. If you're ready to do that, you're probably ready for a business coach. Love that. And I feel like coaching is still new with people understanding um, what exactly you do and how mm-hmm. it can help their business. So do you run into that where people are expecting more that's kind of just outside? Like, that's not what <clears throat> I'm here for, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I, I lay my boundaries out pretty well and I'm getting better and better. You know, when you, when you start into a coaching business, you want to serve, 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 and you can really burn yourself out doing that. I have to be honest. So I'm leaning into learning better about what it means to do this full time and serve, what I consider to be a really healthy, large group of women, 35 women in a very intimate way, one-on-one. So yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, it's important to set boundaries as a coach and understand that your role is simply to guide people. And also different people are seeking different results, right? Some people just need to know that they have that person who has their back and is there for them to help them when they need it. Other people need more support. So it's really about making sure that you're tuned into your customer, your client, and understanding what their needs are and showing up in ways that really help to move them forward. And, you know, small progress actually becomes big results. So instead of focusing so much on that huge life-changing thing, it's bit by bit and bite by bite. You can get somebody really to a space where they can go fly on their own. 
Love that. And this part of the show is called the real deal behind the hustle. And so it's just a few questions just to get a deeper look into the woman behind the hustle. Mm-hmm. So what is a quote, verse, or mantra that keeps you encouraged? Nothing in nature blooms all year. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a tool or app that helps you manage your life or work that you couldn't live without? Oh, my God. Asana. If, if Asana didn't exist, I don't know what I would do. I love Asana. <laughs> <laughs> what book should every girl behind the hustle read? 48 Laws of Power. What's your go-to song before a meeting or to kick off your day? Probably something Soka. So I live in the Caribbean. Obviously, I'm now a huge Soka fan because it's all I ever hear. <laughs> so something carnival music, something Soka, a DJ Private Ryan playlist for sure. Do you have a favorite artist? Oh, gosh, I love them all. I love Michelle. I love Patrice. I love Allison Hines. Um, I love Little Rick. I love all of them. <laughs> what does self-care look like for you? Gosh, you know, I should probably get better about self-care, but for me, boundaries and not apologizing for the boundaries that I set, whether it's with my spouse, with my friends, or with my clients in my business, knowing my boundaries, preserving my energy, and just not apologizing for it. And fill in the blank. My name is creator of, and one truth about the hustle is. My name is Candice Coppola, creator of Wedding Pro Insiders. And one truth about the hustle is that it's not as hard as you think. Thank you so much, Candice, for sharing all of your details behind the hustle. Please let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Lucretia, thank you so much for having me. It's just been a joy. I've loved our conversation. I really have. Thanks for letting me share more about my journey and what it is that I do and giving me the chance to chat with your listeners. I would love to connect with you. So if anything that I've said has resonated with you today, if you find yourself in a similar place, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm there pretty much all the time. DM me, let me know that you're a listener. So I know to follow you back and connect with you and you can learn more about me and my services and the podcast and all the other things by going to candiscopola.com. Wasn't that so good guys? I love the part where Candace says you have everything you need. You just need to believe in yourself. It is the pep talk that I needed today. If you enjoyed the episode as well, I would love to hear from you. Please rate and review the podcast. Or if you're listening, just tag us on social media at Girl Behind the Hustle on Facebook as well as Instagram. Until next week when we meet again, Hustle and Grace.